The following is brought to you in part by MFC Studios. The views of the show's host and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the management, owners, or staff of this radio station. And now, it came from the radio. Once again, Twitch came from the radio, the official show of the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking with me via social distancing for our second year. Now we're on year two. Uh, we have our senior correspondent, Charlie Saladino. Hey, fun seekers. We have from the Life with Jen G, Jen Elise Feldy. Good evening, good day. And we have our very own Pronto Comics, Dominic Definition Mansperano. How did everyone else mark the uh, one year anniversary of two weeks to stop the spread? <laughs> I, I uh, stayed inside. <laughs> oh, okay. Very good. I, oh, yeah. I did a lot. <laughs> really? Okay. I, I don't know. I don't want to brag. I don't want to sound like I'm bragging, so I'm just going to be quiet. <laughs> uh, fair enough. So on this week's show, let's see. We have, a, we have a full show this week. So this week's show, we have a, another Jaybird and Lee segment. We have Dominic, a uh, definition man from Pondo Comics with his atomic pick of the week. We have a Bookworm Batson segment. And I uh, have an interview with uh, artist Anibal Arroyo. That's, uh, oh. I made sure I said it right because I didn't want to lose what little uh, Spanish cred I have. You rolled that R, man. You rolled that R. Yes, that's the one thing I can do. So <laughs> that's, the, that's the one. <laughs> that's the one Latin thing you can do. That's that See, wow. Mark is now welcome over the border again. He can go back. Wow. <laughs> I can. But before we do that, you're Puerto Rican, aren't you? Yeah. Si. <laughs> so really, it's not that you're welcome over the border. You're just welcome on the plane ride over. <laughs> <laughs> es bueno. <laughs> um, before you, we do any of that, I've never, I've never been to Puerto Rico. Have you ever been to Puerto Rico, Mark? Yes, I've been there a couple of times, actually. Okay, wow. all right, good for they, you. Then. I'm not allowed back, no. Um, ah, <laughs> that's fine. You're not one of us. Get out. <laughs> well, before we do any of that stuff, we have to take it away with the news. It's morphin' time. The news is brought to you in part by the fine folks of uh, Sci-Fi.Radio. That's Sci-Fi for your Wi-Fi. As well as the fine folks at the Big Apple Con, of which we are the official radio show of, celebrating over 26 years of comic bookness and pop culture stuff. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. And it is confirmed that their next convention is going to be on May 1st. It's a one-day show, May 1st. First, it is confirmed they're going to have a show. May? <laughs> yes, they, they confirmed <laughs> it. Tickets are on sale right now. So, yeah, it's scheduled. All um, right. Also, I I give out a I'll shout- believe it when I see it. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> also, we're going to give out shout-outs for our Patreons, of which there are Danny Grillo, award-winning director Jared Burrell, Kyle Horn, Millie Portez, Newsday Famous, Dresden Media, Unji Kun, Shadow Rabbit Art, the Huracan and Yasmin and Ray. If you want to get your own little shout out, go to www.patreon.com and look up a came for Ray on the search bar, and you can uh, get your own little shout out for just a dollar uh, a month. So let's see what we have for the new. Holla for a dollar. Yes, holla for a dollar. You remember that? Holla. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, we're going to start off with the one bit of sad news. So, sad news 
uh, actor Yafet Frederick Koto died recently as of this oh recording, which is yeah. uh, March 24th. Uh, no cause of death has been announced. I guess it's news to Charlie that he yeah. died. <laughs> guess someone didn't read the news. <laughs> I never, I don't read the news. I don't watch the news. While <laughs> perhaps best known for his roles of Lieutenant Al Girardello in the NBC television series Homicide Life on the Street and the main villain, Dr. Kanaga, in the James Bond film Live and Let Die, Yafet appeared in numerous films and TV shows such as... A lot as, of films. Such as <clears throat> the original Thomas Crown Affair, Bone, Alien, the original Alien, Warning Sign, Eye of the Tiger, Terminal Entry, The Running Man, Midnight Run, Jigsaw Murders, Hang Fire, Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare, I do not remember him being in that movie, uh, Extreme Justice, and Two If by the Sea, just to name a few. Uh, he was a, a spry 81. Uh, Charlie, wow. as a senior correspondent, Yafet Koto. Yeah, he he's like... Well, well, every picture, like not every, but every time you turn on uh, TV or HBO or something like that, you see some old movies, you'll always spot him in there. He, he was a, a big character actor. And um, yeah, and he, he played, well, the only villain I saw him play was the James Bond thing. Right. You know, that was the only villain I saw him play. I, I you know, I'm sure he played other villains, but. He was like that classy, aristocratic gentleman that they will always put in the movies, except for the alien uh, thing. You know what I always like? Um, a lot of people say character actor, but they say it, that it means something that it's, that it's not. A character actor is probably one of the better actors because they immerse mm -hmm. themselves in whatever role they play. Mm -hmm. Right, right. It is. You're so absolutely we, so we, right. So we say it with a, a lovingly uh, a, a notation that he's a character actor. Yeah. I totally feel the same way. Yeah, it's a, it's a skill. Dominic, yeah. you uh, familiar with uh, Yafet? I am familiar with to uh, with Live and Let Die. I honestly, you know how? God, I hate to say this. I thought he died already. <laughs> Man. Honestly, I, not to be mean. I but so maybe. you're. This is the Abe Vigoda um, syndrome, right? Abe Vigoda mm. syndrome, or the what they would call the Mandala effect, where you thought something already happened but it didn't mm -hmm. wow um i thought i had already seen the man's obituary years ago but i must be getting him confused with another actor maybe you're having psychic premonitions maybe yeah. um <laughs> i could have sworn that i had heard that he had uh he had passed like a decade or so ago wow fortunately um i feel bad <laughs> Well, at yeah. least uh, your grieving process is over. Yeah, that's right. I mean, <laughs> right? I've already passed it, so. Well, that's why you always come off melancholy. You've been grieving his death for the last 10 years. Exactly right. <laughs> so moving on for, uh, for, that's it for the sad news. So moving on for the really? not sad news. Really? Yes. yes. Why? Do you have something? We're not going to say what happened. Uh... If, it oh, happened yeah. if it happened yesterday, I'm not going to be able to have it because I didn't do it yet until next week. I do, I do the uh, deaths on Monday. But if you got it, you can quickly mention it now if you want to, Charlie. Well, well a gentleman that I have met and uh, one of the finest actors um, around, George Siegel. Yes, um, I remember him from uh, Just Shoot Me. That was the show oh. that I was mostly familiar with. Well, I just it, heard about that, yeah. Yeah, if you're familiar with the Goldbergs, he played the grandfather. But I mean, before that, he was in... He was in countless, everything. 
countless amount of movies. Yeah, he was in this movie that was great called um, Where's Papa, uh, a very funny movie. And um, but he was in a lot of things. I, I had the pleasure of meeting him at ABC. Just a, a lovely gentleman. And, he was in. Um, he was in Little yeah. Talking. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So we will mention that when I have the official announcement of, of his death because he died recently. Right. But but okay. but uh, from the death of Charlie Saladino, he did pass away uh, right. after after the news was made. So let's see. Um, so moving so on. Wait, next week are we going to cover him? Yes, or... we are going right. to fully cover him next week. Yes, correct. See, we're having we're having a premonition this week <laughs> that you know next week he'll be gone. Or for the listeners of our show, they'll they'll make sure to yeah. tune in to hear our thoughts on uh, George Siegel. Well, now you don't like, have to tune in because we already talked about it. <laughs> that's, that's, that was a preview. It was a sneak peek. There you go. Uh, so let's see. Moving on. From the paying with exposure department, <laughs> comic creator Ed Brubaker, who, for those of you who do not know, was responsible for the creation of Marvel's The Winter Soldier, who is being featured in a new Disney Plus series, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, turns out that Ed hasn't been financially compensated in any way, shape, or form. Ed says, for the most part, all Steve Epting, who was the creator of the artist, who was the artist co-creator at the time, and I have gotten for creating the Winter Soldier and his storyline is a quote-unquote thanks here or there. And over the years, that's become harder and harder to live with. I've seen the higher-ups on the publishing side try to take credit for my work a few times, which was pretty galling. Work for hire is what it is, and I'm honestly thrilled to have co-created something that's become such a big part of pop culture, and that run on Cap was one of the happiest times of my career, certainly while doing superhero comics. Also, I've had a great life as a writer, and much of it is because of Cap and the Winter Soldier, bringing so many readers to my other works. But I, can also, but I also can't deny the feeling of a bit sick to my stomach sometimes when my inbox fills up with people wanting to know comments on the show. You know what the most exciting moment of his career is? Why? When you imitate him so well. <laughs> I mean, I, I thought he was in the room with me. It was amazing. I don't, I, mean, I don't remember I ever met Ed Brubaker, but I remember his run on Captain America. And I remember reading the run as it came out. And it was very poignant to the time. You know, a lot of what was happening in the news, he was able to bring input into Captain America, which is like the most appropriate com uh, comic for what was going on then. And I do remember actually getting to talk to Joe Quesada at Cup of Joe at New York Comic Con about it. And like, I was like, how are you got, how were they able to get this so up to the date? He's like, it's just an amazing team. Unfortunately, he's suffering from the same problem that like Todd McFarlane had with creating Venom. You get a, you get a thanks a lot. Your work for hire. Have a nice day. Basically, you know, yeah. it, it kind of stifles the creativity. It, it, I could see it stifling the creativity because it, it's like, why should I go out of my way to make this new character within this established universe that'll probably take off and mm -hmm. get nothing for it? You know, it's yep. it's rough. It's like why it kind of explains why people don't want to bring new characters to Marvel. Right. Or, or any of them. They go about the independent route. Right. You're better off in some ways doing that. At least you get, like, I can't remember who created it. And I got the Google in front of me, so I'm going to look it up. You got the Google. <laughs> I got the Googles. So, um, yes. 
but okay, Eric Powell, I believe, who created the goon. Oh, like yeah. that, you know, if you collected comics at the same time that uh, that Captain America run came out, you might not have read it, but you've heard of the goon. Like that guy is a genius. It's still being published. It's still going out there. The guy like owns and as far as I know, owns everything and worked his butt off to make this. That's what you got to do. Yeah. So speaking of independent comics from the who didn't see that coming department, Keanu Reeves, actor Keanu Reeves, along with co-creator Matt Kind, penned a 12-part limited series comic book called Berserker, which became available on March the 3rd of uh, this month, of uh, this year. Uh, the book is being called a, quote, brutally epic saga about an immortal warrior's 80,000-year fight through the ages who ends up working for the United States government, handling the jobs that are too dangerous for mere mortals as he looks for answers about how to finally end his bloody and immortal existence. Now, thanks to Netflix, it appears that the comic book is getting not one, but two adaptations, a live-action film and as an animated series, both which will star Keanu Reeves as the main character he created. Um, of note, the comic was originally a Kickstarter campaign for Boom Studios, an independent company, which made $1,447,212 of its original $50,000 goal, with pledges wow. starting at just $50, going all the way up to $2,499. So, yeah, how about oh. that? Good job, Keanu, and he's a philanthropist, so he deserves it. What, I, uh, what do you guys think? Um, what do you guys think they're going to get to uh, do the part? Uh, he's he's, he's going to do it. <laughs> I know. That's, 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 the, that's the whole. It was rhetorical. <laughs> that was the uh, whole point. Like, I think he purposely said, I'm going to write a comic because I don't want to be in a movie. So, mm -hmm. but I'm going to do it the smart way. Of, of course. What yeah, are you kidding? It's, it's so wild. Uh, so, know, yeah, it's yeah. like you know. Listen, so that's just alone at Rocky for himself. That yeah. Kind of concept. So let's see. Um, moving on from the that's a lot of nuts department. <laughs> the new Disney flick Raya and the Last Dragon, which is also available on the streaming service for an additional fee, has remained the number one film for three three weeks in a row, pulling in three. another quote-unquote disappointing $5.1 million at the Mexican box office, bringing the total up to $23.4 million in box office sales. To put wow. things into perspective, this time last year, the re-release of the film Phoenix Oregon, which is described as, because I never heard of it, which is described <laughs> as two friends seize the opportunity to quit their jobs in order to find their new calling restoring an old bowling alley, took the number, <laughs> took the number one spot, making, get this, Three thousand four hundred and eighty-two dollars. <laughs> that was the number oh one film God. of this time last year. Uh, keep in that mind, this would right. be this would be the second full week of ongoing pandemic, which all mm. most of the theaters were closed. So, right. uh, of note, only counting money made this year, Tom and Jerry is still in the number one movie of twenty-one twenty of twenty twenty-one so far, with twenty-eight point six million dollars, followed by Raya. Also, keep in mind that Raya is also available on. Disney Plus for an additional $30, which does not count towards the box office sales. Um, experts oh. say <clears throat> Raya is performing in theaters much like Warner Brothers Wonder Woman 1984 and Tom and Jerry, which also open in theaters while being available to home viewers. That suggests a demand for movie going that could pay off as more venues reopen and theatrically exclusive films like Disney's upcoming Black Widow arrives in theaters. 
Was that your attempt to like do the voiceover for the guy that does the trailer? <laughs> kind of sounds like it, yeah. Right? It's, <laughs> yeah. It's, Mark, yeah, the same it, voice. it brought me to the movie theater. In a world. Yes, the movie, the movie theater guy. Yeah. The executive guy. It's the movie same guy. Movie phone. Call movie phone. <laughs> I wonder, Hello, is, is movie phone? Welcome to movie phone. Yeah. Is, this, is that still a thing? Movie phone? No. Can't be. No? I, I wonder. Know. Not not in terms of you actually call a movie phone. Maybe yeah. Website. See, now when we finish this uh, segment, I'm going to go call and find out. Um, so moving on from the not-so-fast experts department, Disney has just announced that they are throwing in the towel and finally releasing Black Widow on July 9th on their streaming service oh, and phew. theaters at the same time. Of course, being the rat bastards they are, Disney is going to charge you an additional fee on top of whatever you're paying for the Disney streaming service to watch the film. So that's it. This is their big movie from last year, finally right. going out on streaming services. I know. And now I'm wondering, like, is it just you pay it for 30 bucks once and you can watch it whenever, as many times as you want? Or is it $30 every time you want to watch it? Um, it's $30 for a limited viewing window because oh. I, think it's, uh, I think you get it for a couple, uh, maybe like two weeks, and then they take it off, and then it goes uh, on sale when you have to actually buy it to keep, like the DVD and the, and the digital download, and then it goes on the, uh, the streaming service, normal. Hmm. Yeah, I'll just wait it out. Yeah, I, yeah. Really it's I was just going to say, plus. yeah, I, I could wait. We waited a year. Right. Mm-hmm. Wait a year. There really is no reason for me to rush now. Though I yeah. really, as I understand, they call it like Disney calls it the experiment. So basically, mm-hmm. people would just stop doing it. They'd end up doing like what HBO Max does, hypothetically. Right. But in reality, if you have Disney Plus, most likely you have annoying little children who are screaming <laughs> and you're mm-hmm. quiet. So you pay the $3 for, <laughs> for the silence, essentially. Yeah, for a babysitter. Yeah. Basically, like I'll, I'll never forget a couple of years ago, I was over at a friend's house. And they had, had uh, Moana, the one like Moana, that. Moana, yeah. Moana. They had Moana on, and my friend looked at me and said, "This is like the fifty-fourth time I've seen it since wow. I started counting." Oh, wow. <laughs> because it just would <laughs> make his kid quiet. So, uh, you know, I get it. Well, I get so, it. Speaking of HBO Max, because I think uh, Dominic is being psychic this week mm-hmm. uh, from the number two in twenty twenty-two department. Regal Cinemas, the second largest theater chain in the world, has teamed up with Warner Brothers to change their dual movie release schedule, which all of us has its movies being released both in theaters and on the streaming service HBO Max at the same time, back to an exclusive 45-day window to Regal Cinemas, after which the film would show up on the streaming service. To put things into perspective, before the pandemic, theater chains were held to a 90-day window before a film was eligible, eligible to go on streaming or video on demand. No word if similar deals will be made with other theater chains. But right now... What, what does executives say, Mark? They, mm-hmm. they didn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> but to imagine that they made a deal with the second largest chain as opposed to AMC theaters. Cause I remember that they, there was a, some myth because AMC was mad that they were releasing movies at the same time on a streaming service and in theaters. Mm-hmm. So this is quite an interesting power play for them to go after the well, second biggest guy. I think it's a smart move. I think, it, yeah, it's pretty smart. Um, and you know how you left it with like, will this be a precedent? Yes, it is. People are going to start doing it. It's going to happen. Yeah. This is probably the way that, 
Regal and AMC will be able to survive by having exclusive exclusivity of certain movies. So you have to go there to go see it. You know, it, it, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. Speaking of HBO Max, I know you talked about it last week, but wow, the Snyder Cut. Mm. Yes. Snyder yes. Cut, man. Very mixed feelings on the Snyder Cut. Let's see. Let's, let's, uh, we can end on a happy note. Happy note. From the... Have we ever ended on a happy note? We have. A couple of just nonsensical news bits. Yes. So let's see. From the, if the whack-a-mole wasn't enough department, NBC has announced that they will produce and air a new game show on their Peacock streaming service based on the video game, wait for it, Frogger. According to reports, the series will be a competition show in which contestants travel through an obstacle course meant to evoke uh, Frogger's gameplay. There will be 12 different courses in total, and they will feature a number of obstacles directly from Frogger, including gators, hippos, and oncoming traffic. Contestants will attempt to avoid these hazards in order to claim the show's cast prize. 13 episodes of the series have been ordered so far. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Frogger is one of the most popular arcade games of all time, released in 1981. What an original idea. <laughs> so we, we talked about the Whack-A-Mole. Who's going to watch the Frogger show? I want to know how much pot was smoked before this idea came up. Like, can you imagine people are dodging hippopotami? Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it depends if it's going to be like real yeah, real. Make it real. I want them. I want them to do what they did with that Japanese show, dubbing all the voices. That would be hysterical. Oh, well, I thought you were going to go with the, the the live action Pac Man. Are you aware of this, uh, Charlie? That the okay. So if you go what? on YouTube right now, go on YouTube right now, and this is an old show. Apparently, they had people dress up in the Pac-Man outfit, the Pac costume, and in the ghost costumes. And it was a uh, live board, and they uh, had people chasing him around the maze. Freaking awesome. So I'm imagining people dressed up in the Frogger outfit. <laughs> yeah. And, like, oncoming cars are just whizzing by. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wait. Do it. <laughs> If I had a wedding, I would make it, like, real-life Pac-Man or Frogger. Yeah, like, you want to like- be in the wedding, you got to do this. Yeah, and I I think I I will get some herbal stuff and watch that. <laughs> Hell yeah! Like Jen said, yeah. So yeah. so so the more ridiculous the better. Jen is in. Jen is in. Charlie, are you in? I'm in. I'm in. Dominic. <laughs> well, I mean, I'll watch it, but I'm not doing it. I'm not going in. I'm not out running cars. I mean, look, I used to do that whenever I was in Manhattan. I don't need to, you know. Okay. <laughs> I think, I think, like I said, if they just go all in on this nonsensical version mm-hmm. of it, as opposed mm-hmm. to like making it a serious uh, type of competition, <laughs> like American Ninja Warrior, just go with the costumes. Go yeah. with like, like people dressed up in cars, like foam cars, and just running people over. I think. Hey, you know what? If you can dodge traffic, you could dodge a ball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if and you dodge have a to... wrench, you can dodge a ball. Dodge a ball. Yeah. You have to too. I'm just going to add on this idea. So let's take the same concept, (laughs) but the cars are people that used to be on like American Gladiator. Oh, yeah. 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 Like the the, the buffer, the big buff pads. Yeah. Because look, Mm -hmm. I I, I love Gina Carano. She needs work. Mm -hmm. We'll make her a car in this. She can run back and forth. 
All right. Much better. There you go. So we what have, was, uh, yes. What was that Japanese show that was the obstacle course, but they Wipeout. actually, no, was that Wipeout? Because they actually dubbed the, yes. the contestants' voices. That was, and, I believe that was Wipeout, and then they made an American oh, version of Wipeout. Yes, yes. Yes, yeah, yes, okay. yes, I remember Wipeout. Yes. Because I remember Polarity. watching the Japanese, they made the American one, I said, uh, not so, funny without the It's never as good. It's never as good when they like, kind of bring it to America, yeah, with the exception yeah. of uh, Iron Chef. It was like, it was like, what's up, Tiger Lily, in a game form? It was yeah. great. I, I, I think this is, I think this, this needs to be a thing. See, this is, this is the way to save movie theaters. If they put the Frogger game on TV. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, or so, a distance Frogger. Absolutely. So we have uh, less than a minute, so we're just doing uh, final thoughts. So with less than a minute to go, Charlie, final thought. Boom. Thanks. Thanks, guys, for the uh, time change. Appreciate it. <laughs> final thought. I'll go to the movies if they turn them into Frogger Gaming Centers and serve green juice. <laughs> Tom, any final thought? In the game of Frogger, it's better to be the car than the frog. <laughs> yeah. So with yeah. that, we're going to take our break, and we'll be right back with a king from the radio. Woo! Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at hotmail.com. My neural net processor is linked to sci-fi.radio. sci-fi for my Wi-Fi. The more I listen, the more I learn. Hi, this is Ellen Dubin, star of Lex, and you're listening to It Came From The Radio. Keep listening. Come down to Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin for the best new comics in the month of March. First, there was Future State. Now, from DC Comics comes Infinite Frontier. And from all the comics in March, the finale to The King in Black. And from the mind of Keanu Reeves comes Berserker. And your chance to win the rare 1 in 200 variant cover of Berserker Number 1 with purchase of the book. Cosmic Comics, located 848 Merrick Road in Baldwin. Give us a call, 516-763-1133. Stay safe. Now, back to our show. This is Bookworm Batson on It Came From the Radio. Today's book is A Fastball for Freedom by Gary Morgenstein, book two in the Dark Depth series published by BHC Press. Can baseball and baseball pitcher Puppy Netic and friends save the planet from World War IV? That's the question. I am not a sports fan, and I certainly don't follow baseball. Gasp! The horror! You can let go of your pearls now, gentlemen. I certainly did enjoy this book. And although I don't like to compare works, for a moment I did feel like baseball could be the answer or the unifying pastime. I felt like this once before with Field of Dreams. Whereas that looked to the past, this book looks to the future. Like Field of Dreams, there's a large variety of themes. This is the second book in a series. And having not read the first part, I spent the first hmm, about quarter of the book trying to familiarize myself with the characters. The book appears to start immediately from where the last one left off. And I'm guessing here, but a church is being bombed. Puppy, the main character is injured and being helped by Annette, his ex-wife. 
Side note, many a men would be so lucky to have such a plucky and resourceful ex watching their backs and not to put a knife in it, but to protect it. This is a dystopian futuristic fiction. And I say this with the kind of side because in light of the division in the world today, the hate, the intolerance, this may be in a way a cautionary tale. Despite not reading book one, halfway into this story, I felt connected to the people here and I wanted to know how this would end. Spoiler alert, no, I'm not gonna spoil the ending. If you wanna know, you have to read the book. There's something for everyone. There's political intrigue, there's robots, there's religion, there's war. I mean, our heroes are trying to escape the powers that be. They're considered traitors, they're captured, they're separated from family and friends. This work is action-packed, but by no means does it lack subtlety or nuance. It's high energy, it's imaginative, it's thought-provoking. It's a recommended read. So this book, I'm going to give it four beeps. That's robotic beeps because I couldn't think of anything else, but it's four, four beeps. It, it definitely deserves a read. It's, it's very interesting. And, and there are some things in there that really made me pause for a moment. Sometimes it's something simple, like a thought on social media. And I'm like, hmm, this guy, this writer, Gary, get out of my head. You know, it, it, it definitely is something to read. Um, so here's a four beeps. Beep, 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 beep. Excellent read. It's a must read. If you want your book to be reviewed, send it to Bookworm Batson, care of It Came From the Radio, Post Office Box 134, Rosedale, New York, 11422. Looking to sell your entire comic collection? Have that one key issue you're trying to unload? Well, look no further than Royal Collectibles, your friendly neighborhood comic book shop. Buying and selling comics, toys, and merchandise with experience in the industry for over 30 years. From Golden Age comics all the way up to the present, they want to buy your stuff. Reach out to them online at www.royalcollectiblesonline.com or give them a call at 718-793-0542. That's Royal Collectibles in Forest Hills, Queens, New York. Now, back to our show. Hey, this is Jaybird and Lee, and we're here to talk about movies, music, TV, and what's going on in our part of the world. Today, we're talking about the cooking failure I had today. The epic fail <laughs> in cooking. Well, I wouldn't say it's a full epic fail in cooking as in much as... More of... No. No. I, I lost my train of thought. What do you mean? It was more of like opening an avocado. That was the fail. <laughs> Okay. I wound up opening my finger instead of the avocado. Oh, man, that's terrible. <laughs> I, I mean, I was kind of outside barbecuing, so I didn't really get that part of it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Dad, I mean, Mom saw it. Yeah, which is, it wasn't as bad, right? It, the first thing I did was, like, put it in my mouth to, like, make sure that... Everybody does that. That's yeah. like a reaction. And then Mom, <laughs> then Mom went... She was. She gave me a... She was like, take it out of your mouth. And I'm like, wait a minute, it's not done bleeding. Well, it's not going <laughs> to stop bleeding. But everybody always, like, I don't know, puts their bloody... I thought it would work better than a napkin, because also it hurts. So then, like... 
Right. So you're going to cool it down somehow or something or treat it with your mouth. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Why? Like, so how did this happen? So I was trying to cut an avocado Mm. and my brother was asking me to do, to help him with spelling or something. Yeah. Are you serious? (laughs) Are you blaming your brother right now? No. You're not. It sounds like you're blaming your brother for cutting your own finger. Really? <laughs> no. Okay. And and this avocado, did you finish cutting it? Because I want to make sure I didn't get it. No, any... uh, my mom did because I was busy applying pressure. A pressure? Yes. Yeah. Uh, your, to your finger? Mm-hmm. Your Band-Aid? Yeah. Okay. My band- How do I have a Band-Aid as a finger? Well, the ba- all right, fine. The Band-Aid. You put a Band-Aid on or did you oh, apply pressure with a paper towel or something or what? Yeah, not with it. So this is not really about cooking. This is about first aid right now. Well, yeah. <laughs> cooking and first aid. Okay. First aid cooking. All right. How there old are you? I am thirteen. You're thirteen. Almost fourteen. And didn't you want to go to school for cooking at some point? Yeah, that didn't. Yeah, we wound up not doing that because. Um... Because you obviously can't cook. Thank you. <laughs> so. You know, I it's, get it's, the skills from you. Hey, I cooked. I have a griddle outside, and I made an amazing congrats. chicken burger. What do you mean, congrats? congrats? Was that chicken burger not awesome? Are you fourteen and cooking it? No, but if exactly. I oh, so it doesn't count if I'm <laughs> an old man. Yes, it doesn't count. Competition. Uh, what's the age difference? It doesn't matter what Wait, the age so difference. Thirty years. More. Thirty-three years. Four. 34 years? Yeah. I don't know my math skills, but I still was cooking. <laughs> I don't know my math it, skills. Well, nobody would ever let me touch the barbecue because your grandfather was always barbecuing, and they would never let me even try to cook because your grandmother was always baking, and your grandfather was always barbecuing, and then they never Different let me do anything. So I'm kind of like a 13-year-old boy getting my chance sure. to cook. Uh-huh. <laughs> what do you uh-huh. mean, uh-huh? uh-huh. <laughs> it's true. Uh-huh. Is that the way you kind of... Yeah, no, no, it's kind of the same thing now. No, it doesn't count. Well, I was never allowed to touch the barbecue or anything. Now I can touch the barbecue. Because it's mine. What? Okay. Oh, come on. It's ridiculous. <laughs> All right, so what else do you got with the... Uh, did you make... Uh, well, I guess you didn't make anything. I mean, I cut one avocado... Oh, you cut one avocado? Yeah, and I set the table with one hand, half the table. Oh, right, yes, you set the table. Yeah. Congratulations, you set the table with one hand. Yeah. All right, so <laughs> safety first is really our uh, That's message really today? That's uh, message today, yeah. I would think so. I mean, it seems like you definitely need to make sure you're not... Paying attention. Yeah, paying attention, not blaming your brother for your mishaps. Yeah, okay. Mm. Doing one <laughs> task at a time. <laughs> he did it. Oh, come on. He asked you. Get out of here. Um, all right. Well, next time, I hope you successfully get through your avocado making or guacamole making, right? Guacamole. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. It's a realm of possibility. Everybody says you make a good guacamole. Obviously not today. And definitely not today. But, you know, <laughs> it would be nice next time, I guess. Anyway, thanks for listening, guys. All right, thank you. Stay self, stay self, stay safe, stay, stay, stay healthy, and stay connected. All right, see ya. <laughs>
The Comic Book Depot has been in business since 1993. Your one-stop comic book shop for comics, gaming, and collectibles. The Comic Book Depot Club membership is $15 and gets you 15% off new comics, back issues, graphic novels, and 10% off comic book supplies. Located at 2847 Jerusalem Avenue in Wontaw, New York. Contact us on Facebook for curbside pickup because new comics are back. For more information, give Alan a call at 516-221-9337. The Comic Book Depot. Now, back to our show. And welcome back to A Came From Radio, the official show of the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking. With me, I have our very special guest uh, from uh, New Jersey, uh, by way of Puerto Rico, through the convention scene, is Anibal Arroyo, yes, comic sir. book creator, writer, artist, uh, letterer, uh, musician. Do you dance? What else, what else do you do? Sometimes, Yeah. <laughs> So um, let's get let's go to the basics. Let's do a brief introduction of um, what you what you've uh, what you're most famous for, what you're best known for. Because I know I've uh, as we were just talking before the show, I met you a hundred years ago at a couple of conventions. So let's yeah. start off with that. Um, I guess uh, what I'm known for most recently is uh, probably my kids' book, Little Steve's Closet. Um, I'm currently uh, having that for sale, uh, available on. Uh, uh, through Darkfire Press, and I promote it a lot. It's all, all over my social media. And other than that, I'm probably known for uh, having uh, founded Mass Media Studios and also having worked with uh, Crazy Comics back in the day. So, yeah. All right. So let's, let's, uh, let's, what is Little Steve's Closet about? Uh, Little Steve's Closet. Okay. It's, loose, it's a story that's loosely based on my own son, uh, my oldest, who's now 23 years old. Yeah, I'm that old. He's not little anymore. <laughs> he's not little. No, he's not little Steve. <laughs> and it just, it's, it's, it's kind of a, a story uh, with a little lesson in it. It's, uh, to break it down briefly, uh, he wants to go out and play. His mother tells him to clean his room. He refuses to do that. He goes in his room and pouts. He goes into like a little, you know, I don't want to give too much away. He opens up the closet door and he's off on this magical adventure into this like prehistoric uh, world. And that's as much as I... I I can share without, uh, you know, the spoilers. Right, right, right. right. So, um, yeah. I guess you're a dinosaur fan because people who, who draw or write dinosaurs have to love, love dinosaurs. Love dinosaurs. Love them. Now, I always had a thing that um, I only like uh, dinosaurs if they fly and or breathe fire. That's, that's, <laughs> my, uh, that's my caveat. That's why I Dino think they'll be a dragon. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Dinobots are cool. Jurassic Park, not cool. <laughs> That's hilarious. So it's a kid's book. Um, is that something you decided that you wanted to write something for your kid at the time when he was a kid? Or is it just that is that something that you've always wanted to do is write a kid's book? Uh, well, there's an interesting long story behind that. I'll try to uh, chop it up as short as I can. It was actually a high school. I went to an arts high school and it was actually uh, an English comp uh, art project for that class. And it's something that I worked on back then that just kind of um as i worked with the guys it was always kind of in the back burner i always wanted to revisit it and kind of rehash it and you know and and redo it and once i had time away from like comics and and uh, graphic novels and everything else i was doing i focused on that and yeah it's, it's that it's it was basically 20 years in the making before i actually you know um brought it back from from when i was in high school now um what's interesting is that when sometimes you take a project you work on it and then you put it aside and then you come back to it years later in your case 20 years later do you reread it and do you make the changes or do you just like it stands up i'm just gonna print it out as is oh man i i 
I must have started this thing over maybe three or four times before I actually landed on the final art for it. Between uh, starting and stopping, I would do other stuff and then I would go back to it and I would notice my art style had improved or changed and it just wasn't matching up. You know, like page three wouldn't match up to page six. So I was like, I got to start over until I was finally able to just have like a nice stretch of time to just kind of focus on it and, and get it all together, you know? And this book is available on Amazon right now, right? Yes, uh, through Darkfire Press. I uh, uh, constantly uh, uh, promote it on my social media, my Facebook account, my uh, Instagram, and uh, through JM DeSantis as, as well. Is it uh, beginning, middle, end? Is it part of an uh, expanded universe? Are we going to see other characters involved? Or is this a standalone, good old-fashioned children's book? Well, for, for the moment... Um, it is a standalone, um, but, you know, I'm always open to, uh, you know, possibilities in the future. So you never know. All right. Um, so you have um, you're working on actually the newest thing that you're working on now mm-hmm. is what exactly? Because I know you were um, you, you're involved in the what was it the for, forgotten, forbidden, forgotten, forbidden, forbidden. Forbidden. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, my role in the Forbidden is actually that was actually my very first venture into the uh, the world of self publishing through Crazy Comics. They, those guys gave me my first break, so to speak. And um, yeah, so I did the first two issues, which I believe are included in this uh, in this run they're doing on the uh, Indiegogo. Um, they you know they basically brought it back to life after also being on the shelf for like <laughs> I think over ten years. So yeah, a lot of old stuff is becoming becoming new again. Were you tempted to go back and redraw all that stuff also? Every time I look at it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every time I open the pages, I'm like, oh, man, I could draw this so much better now. But yeah, you know. When it goes. It's, it's one of those weird things that sometimes you just have to leave it as is and accept yeah. it and then just move on. Right, right. Yeah. So what do you see yourself now that we're, we're, I guess, turning the corner on the pandemic, maybe? Is that is that a good term to describe what we're at? Yeah, I've been to a Comic-Con and yeah, I would say, yeah, that's a good way to describe it. Okay. Yeah. So so what do you see yourself doing from the turning of the point to, let's say, we'll go two years from now? Uh, two years from now, uh, around this like time of the year, I definitely see myself pushing and promoting my own stuff, my, uh, my own creator uh, create our own comics and a graphic novel, which I'm currently writing. Um, definitely. And just, you know, doing, doing my thing, you know, back, back into the, uh, the real world. So when you're writing this graphic novel, yeah, are you thinking about in terms of seeing as how the last two published things you've had took yeah. 20 years? Are you thinking about, well, maybe it's going to take a lot longer than I think it's going to be. Or are you like, no, this is coming out now. I have the time. This is what is going to happen. Um, well, it, it's actually in, in those 20 years, um, I did manage to pump out a lot of other stuff. It just wasn't anything particularly where it was just my sole, you know, creator own project. It was mostly team ups and, and that, that sort of thing. So okay. I've been active like the whole time. I've never been like stale and, and never not done anything in that time. But this will be actually my second single creator owned project that I've worked on besides the children's book. And I'm hoping that, yeah, no, it won't, it won't take until <laughs> like, I'm like 65. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, working, working, working against that. So what's the difference between publishing your own book, self-publishing and mm-hmm. publishing through somebody else? Cause you said you're working with Jim, uh, James Santanas, wait, yeah. uh, JM DeSantis. DeSantis. Yeah. That's it. Yes. I, I, I know him too. He's going to hate yeah, me for that. Good guy. Real good guy. Uh, well, to, to me, um, I, I've mostly done anthology work and um, I've done, uh, you know, graphic novel work and, and freelance work for other publishers where 
Um, you do as a creator, you know, as the artist, you do have some input. You get a little creative freedom, but some, some it, it's not the same as doing everything yourself, like doing the writing and, and, and doing the drawing all yourself. You know what I mean? And that's something that I believe as a creator is very important to get to exercise. You, you, you have to be able to do that. So versatility is the key in this situation. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you do everything, do you tend to focus on one thing more than something else? Like since you're writing and drawing, do you tend to, to skimp on a writing and just let the artwork tell the story? Or do you go heavy on the, the, the story and then let the artwork just flow from the, from the storytelling point? Well, being that I'm concentrating on the writing right now and I'm trying to get this thing done or at least halfway done by the spring of 2022, um, it's also, I, I'm also going to school um, and it's part of my, my senior thesis. My senior thesis show will be this, this, this project. Oh. So I'm concentrating on the story right now. So what I'm doing is I'm refining and, and kind of uh, simplifying my art style in order to try to make this deadline. I'm, I'm very known for like heavy detail work and a lot of line work. And I'm kind of taking all that stuff away. So again, so I could try to speed up the process on, on the uh, artwork side of it. You've been around for for many, many, many years. So are you familiar with the one day comic book challenge? I am. Yeah. Yeah. I am. Have you have you tried it? I, I, I was going to. Um, I got an invitation. Card. I don't know if it was last year, or the year before. And I just I had to turn it down. I, I was so like backlogged with like, you know, just work, you know, like freelance work and stuff that money over, you know, if, 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 if you know what I mean? Like, you got to pay the bills, you know? Yeah. There's no, no other way to put it. So, yeah. So speaking one, of one day, one day I'll do it. So speaking of bills, now is the social media time. So where can people find out more about you, contact you, hire you, take a look at your work, all that stuff? Okay, I guess the way it always happens for me is through my Facebook account, which is on, right now uh, under the name Anibal Tocayo Arroyo. Spell it. And also, <laughs> what's that? Spell it. <laughs> sure. Anibal is A N I B A L. Tocayo is T O C A Y O and Arroyo. A-R-R-O-Y-O. And then my uh, Instagram is Arroyo Cuss. So A-R-R-O-Y-O-C-U-S. Arroyo Cuss. And we were talking about uh, conventions. So we're turning the corner. And uh, I believe you're going to be going to the upcoming convention in, was it May? It's coming up, right? Is it May, April? I'll be, uh, yeah, it's coming up in May, I believe it is, uh, over here in uh, Wayne, New Jersey. I'll be popping through, uh, most likely as a spectator. I'll probably be, you know, cosplaying as, you know, some guy in, in one of those hazmat suits or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'll be in the crowd and I'll, you know, I'll show up at the table. <laughs> I thought you were going to be, um, with, uh, Sam and the other guys for the, for the forbidden at, uh, blah, 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 blah. Nah, I'm not, I'm not officially booked for it. I haven't, uh, I haven't officially, uh, booked myself for that. All right. That's cool. Um, yeah. do you see yourself being ready to go back to conventions? Cause we've had a year off. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I've been to one, uh, about a month ago, also in Jersey, just again, from the spectator side of it. And, uh, when my stuff is ready, like my, my project is ready. I definitely have, uh, plans to book tables and, and yeah, and go back into it. So since you've actually been to a, con uh, a convention, uh, what's it like going back? I mean, just give me a, a quick uh, feel. Well, it was a little, a little weird, you know, extra lines. Uh, they, they had us check in uh, uh, through your mobile device. Then they check your temperature. You know, they make you wipe your hands. There's like all these stations with the uh, hand sanitizer. Yeah, all of that stuff. And when you walk in, 
it looks like a lot of people, but it's still so spaced out that it looks empty at the same time, if that makes any sense. But yeah, um, yeah, 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 it, it was good. I, fe- I felt safe. I didn't feel threatened. You know, there was nobody coughing over my shoulder or bumping into me. So I, I felt okay. All right, cool. Uh, so final thoughts, any, uh, any final thoughts for people out there? Any, any tips or, or little tricks of the trade you want to pass your ancient wisdom on to? Um, well, I, I, you know, I'm going to sound cliche, but I, I'm just going to say, follow your dreams, man. No, you know, no matter what anybody tells you or whatever life throws at you, if this is something you really want to do, you're passionate about it, follow through, work hard and, you know, success will come to you. All right. So my final thought is this, uh, like I said, I've, I've known you for, uh, for many years, yeah. but we've only spoken on a very few occasions because we're always just wanting by each other. But yeah, I, am, uh, spoken, I think, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I believe so, but uh, much continued success. And when the Thank next you. book comes out in 2022, yeah. come back, we'll promote absolutely. it and have you on again. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. Oh, no problem. So with that, we're going to take our break and we'll be right back with the came from the radio. Hello friends, this is Ranger Rob and I'd like to talk to you about dog poop. That's right, dog poop. I invented Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags, a very large bag with handles. My bags support large and small dogs and smell like lemon. They are strong and affordable. You can find Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags at Amazon. They come in sheets or in rolls and come with a dispenser. Once you try Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags, you'll never want to go back. So come join us. Go to Amazon and try Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags today. Michael McManus. I played Kai on Lex. You're listening to It Came From The Radio. Hey guys, this is Christy from Custom Cakes by Christy. I want you to know that I'm here for you. I'm keeping my private kitchen open for any needs your family may have. I've been focusing on bread, soups, muffins, quiches, and other basics, but I'm still accepting dessert orders as well. Please follow my Facebook for immediate pickup items. Private message me for custom orders. Custom Cakes by Christy, I-N-C-K-R-I-S-T-Y. Text me at 631-606-8166. Now, back to our show. Hi, everyone. This is Pronto Comics' own Dominic Sperano, and it is once again time for... My comic book pick of the week. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, does whatever a spider can. So this week's pick of the week rounds out the Scott McCloud trilogy that I started earlier in the month. This book is Making Comics, which was released in 2006 by Scott McCloud. Just like his other books, Understanding Comics and Reinventing Comics, you can get it at scottmcleod.com which is where I recommend you get it. Here's what uh, this book entails. It's 272 pages, black and white, just like the previous two books. Uh, And according to the website, it says, If you've ever felt there must be something more to making comics than just copying drawing styles, then this is the book for you. And having had this book, I can attest to that. Topics include choosing the right moments, what to include, what to leave out, framing actions and guiding attention, choosing words and images that communicate together, creating varied and compelling characters with inner lives and unforgettable appearances, understanding body language and facial expressions, creating rich, believable worlds for your readers to explore, picking the tools that are right for you, navigating the world of styles and genres. This book, if you want to make comics, is basically the textbook that you need to get. Um, I have it. It's something that I refer to often. Uh, it's certainly helped me figure out 
how I wanted to make the comics I want to make. I mean, there are several other books that you could buy if you're interested in making comics, if you want to learn the craft of comics, and certainly there are many YouTube uh, videos out there that you could look up and, and find out about. Um, but you're not going to find a book, oddly enough, about making comics that is done in a comic book format. So it's an extremely sort of immersive experience um, to be reading a comic about making comics, especially if you've read Understanding Comics and Reinventing Comics. It sort of culminates together. And the great thing that I love about these books is that they're a resource you can go to whenever you want if you own them. Um, that's the thing I love about books in general. You know, they've hit the uh, the apex of their of their evolution. You don't need all you need is light to read them, right? You don't need um, power other than for some lighting. It 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 it's better than tablets. It'll never let you down. It's a long, you know. I just I just I just love these books. I think if you're interested in the in the medium of comics, you need to get all three of them. You need to read them. You need to refer back to them. But certainly, if you want to get into making comics, this is the book you need to get. Um, just some reviews of the book, and just so you understand, it's not just myself who believes in this. Scott McCloud's brilliant treatise on the inner workings of cartoonists will delight amateur artists and curious fans alike. That's from Salon. Uh... Only Scott McCloud could organize his thoughts on comics like this. Scott's talent as a cartoonist not only makes him intimate to insights no outsider can see, but also gives him the power to show it to the world. Will it be controversial? Does it live up to the promise of understanding comics? Happily, the answers to both questions is yes. That's from Jeff Smith of Bone. Uh, Every medium should be lucky enough to have a taxonomist as brilliant as McLeod. That's from Publishers Weekly. The best how-to manual ever published. Kevin Kelly from Cool Tools. Uh, in this, McLeod's third nonfiction book about comics, he has produced his most significant achievement to date. And that's really saying something. Uh, from Corey Doctorow, uh, Boing Boing. So, believe me, it's not just me that thinks so highly of this book. This is why you should get it. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's pick. Please remember you can go and check out my own personal webcomic at fishysarcasm.com. You can become a Patreon of the comic. It's only $1 a month. It's the least expensive Patreon out there. I promise you that. Also, please go and check out prontocomics.com. We have plenty of comics for download. And always remember... Logic clearly dictates that the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one. So be safe and be healthy. Take care. Hello, radio listeners. What are you thinking? We want to hear from you. What's working for you? What things would you like to hear more about? Write us your thoughts. Or you can buy us a pizza. Just go to our website, www.itcamefromradio.com, and click on the Buy Us a Pizza link. Leave your comment there. And we'll read them on video. This is Brian Downey, Stanley Tweedle from the TV series Lex, and you're listening to It Came From Radio. Wow. 
you had any honor, you would listen to Sci-Fi.Radio, the sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. Kapla! Now, back to our show. So that about does it for this week on the Came From The Radio. Join us right here any week on this radio station. If you miss any part of the show, tough. go to our website, www.camefromtheradio.com. Listen to archives we up in a week or so. Check us out on such places such as goodtalkradio.com, btdradio.com, indievolt.com, sci-fi.radio, or our social media pages such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And always follow the cost-benefit ratio. If the benefits outweigh the costs, do it. If the costs outweigh the benefits, don't do it. Or just Google It Came From The Radio. And we'll see you next week. You've been listening to It Came From The Radio with Mark Torres. The views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management, owners, or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled broadcast.